The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. And Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Love those dudes. Love all of you. What a fun, profitable NFL season we had here on the Even Money Podcast. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of media gigs, college games for CBS Sports, NFL games, Westwood One. And of course, I got a bunch of podcasts like the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast Podcast, College Draft, whatever you're into in the world of football We've got Andrew Brandt has the excellent Business of Sports podcast. Thoroughly enjoy this show, of course, the Even Money podcast. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL, or we're on YouTube. I know more and more people watch the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I've said it the last couple of weeks. I'll say it again. We are year round. Today, we're going to go over the Super Bowl. Recap the bets there, the Super Bowl handle, discuss the season in totality a little bit. There are Super Bowl odds out at DraftKings for next year. So there's a bunch of things to get into. And of course, we love discussing your specific email questions. So take advantage of any of our sponsors always. And then send me the email after you do, ross at rosstucker.com. If you're not sure who our sponsors are, you hear them on the show, or you, of course, can just go to the sponsors page at rosstucker.com. Star of this show is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate. Check him out on social media at Fezzik Sports, always a little bit of a weird episode, Steve. Always a little bit of a bittersweet episode because we don't have any NFL games to bet on for a while. Now, we'll get into future stuff and we'll see what the USFL product is like. And obviously, we get into March Madness and the majors and golf and horse racing and stuff. But still, our bread and butter is NFL football and... We're going to hibernation for a little bit on that front. 
I have to tell you, I'm more than impressed with some of my colleagues that were firing into college basketball and NBA on Monday. It's like being an accountant April 16th. I'm taking the day off on Monday, days off on Monday and Tuesday after the Super Bowl, after really working every single day for six months. At some point, you got to recharge your batteries. So awesome. So you took yesterday off? Yes, I actually played golf for the first time in forever. Played golf badly, I might add, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you don't get out much, huh? Uh, no, you know, one thing I want to mention about golf, Ross, if golf had always had a cup the size of a Frisbee or a disc, you know, a big cup, and then someone advocated, let's go to this tiny, tiny cup, they would be looted. They, they would just be um, absolutely... Um, annihilated on Twitter. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. It's going to take forever to play around at golf. It's going to be impossible to get it in. People are going to be three putting. That is beyond stupid. And yet we have this tiny little cup and no one will change it because that's how we've always done things. Well, the point you made, I thought was a really good one on Twitter at Fezzik sports is that if golf had always been nine holes or 12 holes, or maybe even 14 holes, People would think it adding four more to make it 18 was the stupidest thing they've ever heard of. I always say, listen, I have nothing against golf. My dad uh, is a big time golfer and he was in a foursome and golfed every Saturday. I felt like my whole childhood. I just I that that seems like nowadays a big ask, you know, like, hey, honey, uh, I'm going to leave Saturday morning at 7 a.m. I'll be back by the time I get there, go to the practice tee, play around, go to the 19th hole, get lunch. I'll be home by three. Have a great day with the kids. <laughs> you know, and as far as like like bad dads of the year, I'm sorry, all you dads out there, you've got lots of kids and you play golf more than once a week. You're a bad dad. I'm sorry. You are. Stop being so damn selfish. And you know what? If you are going to play golf, you don't have to like leave an hour and a half early to practice. You're pitching, you're driving, you're putting. Just get out there and play a little bit worse and spend the extra hour with your son or daughter instead of complaining when she's 15 or he's 16 and he's all screwed up. It's your fault. Stop golfing so much. <laughs> it's your fault. Stop golfing. Oh, man. Steve, you're on a roll this morning. Uh, speaking of on a roll, how about the season that we just put together? You in particular, uh, you didn't have any official bets here on the Even Money podcast for the Super Bowl. I did. I had two units on the Bengals getting the four and a half points. Obviously, they lost 23 to 20. So I got those two units, which put me up eight units for the year. Steve, you were up 61 units for the year. We'll get to the year stuff a little bit later. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Super Bowl. I know last week, I think you said you have 25 to 50 bets in. How did the Super Bowl go for you, Steve? Super Bowl was very good. On the 11 official plays I gave out to my clients, seven and four. Went two and one on my three biggest bets. And then in my own personal bets, I'm still adding them all up, Ross. But, um, you know, one, a, I think in total is like seven units 
for for all of my bets. So very positive. And I'll say this: no one should have lost on the Super Bowl on the side. We talked about this forever. The Super Bowl always has a cheap money line on the favorite. And if you bet the Rams, you should have had the Rams minus 180-ish on the money line. That won. If you bet the Bengals, should have taken the points plus four and a half. Yet despite this, everyone didn't win, Ross. And in fact, the sports books had an epic Super Bowl Sunday. What? Tell me about the, that. The handle in Vegas, new record, 180 million dollars was wagered in all of nevada and the sports books won 16 million dollars they held almost nine percent every dollar that was put through the window vegas made nine cents think about this so someone randomly picking anything laying a dollar ten is going to lose at four and a half percent so the average person betting the super bowl lost at a rate of double what a drunk baby would determine to bet not good. The American public, it's not getting smarter, Ross. It's getting dumber. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You need to repeat that whole thing again. I need to understand the math here. So if, if someone walked to the window, had no idea what they're doing, and said, I just want to randomly bet something, Rams, Bengals first half, under, over, just made straight bets, they would lose at a rate of 4.5%. Every $100 they bet, they'd lose $4.50. The American pub, the, the public in Nevada lost at double that rate. So every $100 they wagered, they lost $9, despite having access to the internet and all these experts and all this information, they actually lost at a rate twice of what someone randomly picking things would lose at. <laughs> so how is that possible? because the American public is stupid. They have no idea what they're doing. They follow experts that are fake sports betting experts that look really good, handsome men, pretty girls, giving advice, do a great job, lots of en entertaining content, really bad betting advice. And a lot of it centers around these needle in the haystack bets where they gravitate towards what will the exact final score be? Um, who will the MVP be? Who will score the last touchdown? And those bets, the dastardly bookies of Vegas hold like 25% in their pools, and yet the public can't get enough of that. They love betting those long shot bets. God, so that because that's I, I wasn't really understanding how a drunk baby would lose four and a half, but the public loses nine. It's because you're saying a drunk baby just making bets at minus one ten. Not the needle in the haystack bets. Yeah, drunk baby would lack the competency to even be able to figure out that they could bet into these crazy prop bets. They'd have to keep it simple and just bet the side and the total and make straight bets. Yes. Got it. Nine percent. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so that's why the the books love the Super Bowl so much is because there's more needle in the haystack bets for the Super Bowl than any other event, and people jump on them. Exactly. Very similar thing happens on New Year's Eve when you look at like the players playing blackjack, and they may play blackjack twice a year, so they're making all these horrific mistakes. So the household on all the games goes way up, especially any games of that have some skill involved like blackjack the house destroys the public 
on big event days like Super Bowl Sunday and New Year's Eve days like that. Any other thoughts, Steve? I know you on this show talked about betting the Rams in a lot of different ways. Not not the money line, but more first downs, more yards. How many of those? I'm assuming most of those hit for you. Pretty much all of them won. So if you followed my advice, the Rams did have more first downs. They did have more yards. Rams had more time of possession. The Rams scored first. The Rams scored last. The Rams had the ball at the end of the game. You would have been hard-pressed not to have had a monster Super Bowl just following the advice of betting the select props on the Rams to win the stats. Now, they were close, and it got dicey at the end, but ultimately they all won, Ross. Wow. So all the all the yardage stuff, all, all the stuff that you liked came to fruition, and they all won even though the Bengals got so close to winning the game, what other thoughts did you have just on the game itself? You know, we always talk about bet the public players early over and then fade them, go under late. And if you look at Stafford, uh, he middled. So I think he got 282 pass yards. So if you, if you bet him over early, you won. If you bet him under late, you won. So, you know, following that basic strategy certainly worked with, with Stafford. Um, my take on the game, very interesting, because I think Beckham going out was a huge deal. I think it compromised the Rams' offense, and I think that's why ultimately the game was so close and why the game went under. I think the Rams would have gotten more points. Having said that, you know, that Burrow injury did the over no favors either at the end of the game. That hurt the Bengals' production in the fourth quarter. So I think um, the bottom line is the under cash comfortably. I think that was more a Plinko random result. I think the over easily could have gotten there if not for these injuries. You know, you don't uh, you don't really talk about officiating that much. I'm curious your thoughts on the officiating in the Super Bowl. And why don't you talk about it that much? All I talk about it, it's just the... No, but when you not complain expert. on Twitter, Steve... When you complain on Twitter, it's always, almost always coaching decisions. Sometimes it's a player decision, but usually coaching decision. I never really see you ever railing against the officials like a lot of people do. You know, I'll, I'll rail, I know I rail against the former officials. When they had these guys in the booth and Dean Blandito is not the worst, the other guy is terrible. And they say, you know, what's your opinion on this? And he goes through this long thesis about, well, you need to have two legs in to be inbounds, like the most obvious stuff that everybody knows. And it's like, you know what? You've got 10 seconds max. Lead with the damn conclusion first. Say, this call is going to be overturned. And then do your explanation. But they just ramble on and two-thirds of the time they run out of time. You can't even hear what their opinion is on things. So I hate those guys. Those guys need to be retrained completely, Ross. I'm putting you in charge. Tell them within five seconds they need to tell me whether this call is going to be overturned. Then they can try to explain it. Um, but on the overall officials, it's a difficult job. There's so many really close calls. Obviously, that was a face mask, and they should have called it. But I like the fact that they kept their flags you know, in their pockets and didn't ruin the game until the very final drive. And then they threw too many flags. So they gave the Rams, they screwed the Rams early 
And then they helped the Rams late, and I think it evened out. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, it does feel like that evened out a little bit. Let's talk about our season, Steve. Any, anything else on the game, by the way, other than, you know, I don't think people realize, and we'll get to this with the Super Bowl odds, I don't think people realize, Steve, how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl. Like, oh, yeah, Rams, they'll be back. Bengals, they'll be back. Oh, really? Well, we'll we're, we're about to find out. Yeah, well, Dan Marino made it back five, six times. You know, oh, no, no, he, no, he didn't. Um, yeah, that's an excellent question. How many Super Bowl appearances will the Rams and Bengals combined have in the next 10 years? What's the over-under? Well, it's not two and a half. I'd set it at one and a half. You go over or under, next 10 years. Oh, man. 10 years seems like a long time. Uh, I'd probably say over. If you're going one and a half for 10 years, I'd probably say over. But I think that's the right. If you went two and a half, I'd definitely go under. Yeah, I can tell you what. The Bengals, uh, they had won one road playoff game. They hadn't won any in the history of the franchise. So uh, you could talk all you want about Burrow and how they're going to fix the O-line. I've seen this movie before. Uh, when Carolina got good with Cam Newton, oh, they'll be back. No. They won't. It's hard. It's supposed to be hard. All right, how about it's supposed to be hard, Steve. We had an unbelievable year. Now, in future weeks, we'll get our guy grades on the show to actually go over some of our, you know, some of the more in-depth stats. Because you remember, he has everything, like Thursday night stats, Sunday night stats, road team stats, like grades has everything, which I love. Uh, But for the year, man, I was up eight units. You know, with me being down, I'm happy. Up eight units, I'll take. You were up 61 units. And on our best bets, 36 wins, 18 losses, one push, a 65% strike rate for the season, Steve. Not too shabby, man. Yeah, we really had a monster year, and you know, we both put in the hours. And I love the combined, the way we approach it. You're obviously an Ivy League graduate, smart guy. You've got that football experience, which helps as well. And it really seems like when you and I arrive on the same game, oftentimes with different methods, that's gold. That is absolute gold because it's like you've got two, it's like a mutual fund where you've got, you know, two different analysts that are like crunching all the numbers, but they're crunching them using different models. And if they both determine Anacott Steel is the buy, well, then Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. <laughs> uh I love it. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see from grades exactly what all of our numbers are. Speaking of grades, uh, thank goodness for DraftKings. How about this, what they got now? If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS, bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code Ross at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Very cool. All right. Speaking of cool, 
Super Bowl 2022 odds are already out, Steve. And we'll do a whole season win total episode before you know it. And we'll obviously look at these. The two teams with the best odds right now to win the Super Bowl, Chiefs plus 750, Buffalo Bills plus 750. This is at DraftKings Sportsbook. The worst odds at plus 15,000. The New York Jets, the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions. My question to you, Steve, do you ever do any of these bets? Is there is there ever a Super Bowl odds bet that you think there is value? I'm going to jump on that. Or is this another one of those where if I like the team, I'm just going to take their overseason win total as opposed to actually betting on them to win the whole thing because it's needle in the haystack? It's extremely unlikely that I make any bets because of the needle in the haystack aspect. And it's counterintuitive. You'd think if you went to the bottom of the board and you tried to find one of these 150 to one type teams, that's where the value would be. It's not true. The actual odds for a Jacksonville or a Houston to win are way less than 300 to one. They're not going to win. However, at the top of the board, you know what? If I had to make a bet, I'd bet the Bills at seven and a half. Not that I'm betting that because I think there's a very, there's a decent chance the Bills will indeed be the very best team in the NFL next year. And if they are, seven half to one is outstanding value. Interesting. But you don't often do it. That's correct. I wonder how many people do. Oh, tons and tons. And, and think about it, especially in Vegas, that tourist comes in from um, Tennessee or from Miami and or from Buffalo, Detroit. Oh, let me go ahead and put 20 bucks on my Lions. Or my, you know, my father was a lifelong fan of the New York Jets. I'm going to, he passed. I'm going to bet my Jets in dad's name for 100 bucks. Vegas loves those bets that are made, Ross. That's where their hold is like upwards of 50% plus the tourist bets on these long shot teams that frankly, they're not going to win. They're just not going to win. It's like, it's like that when you watch the Olympics and they show you the bobsledders and you're like, this is the number two ranked team. And this is the number four ranked team. And this is the top ranked team. And then they say this, and this is the 33rd ranked team. And they show their run. You know why Ross? Because they're going to crash. That's the only reason they're on tape delay and they're showing. They may as well put, this team is about to crash. (laughs) Um, That is funny. Uh, Really looking forward to, by the way, some of our future episodes. We're going to get some guests on here that will have some different theories, how the season went for them. It's fun because I like to see Steve's face as the guests talk sometimes. Because sometimes he agrees with them, sometimes that. But even if he doesn't agree with them, you usually let them down gently and explain the math to them. Nobody knows stuff like Steve knows stuff, which is why we like to give you guys the opportunity to ask him questions. It's called Ask Steve. Send me the email, ross at rostucker.com. After you take advantage of one of our sponsors, I guarantee Steve will read and respond to your question. Let's get to at least one now, Bri. Ever wanted to ask a professional sports better a question? It's time to Ask Steve. 
All right, Steve, this one comes from Joe Dilly. Hello, Ross and Steve. First time, long time. I used to listen to you back on the four-letter network days. I grew up outside Philly and love your social media pretzel posts. They bring me great joy. Awesome. At Ross Tucker NFL. I've been listening to you and Steve since episode one, and I have learned a ton. Steve mentioned that you should not tease totals. Why is this? My assumption is that if you like a total line and tease it, it could reduce the risk of being screwed from a fluke score or turnover. Thanks, Ross, for all the content you have produced. I am very happy for your success, and I've seen, heard, actually, you grind for years. It's inspiration for my work. So why do we never tease totals, Steve? There's got to be key numbers for totals, too. There are important numbers, but they're not as key as the NFL three. A team wins by three that's favored by three about 10% of the time. The most that we would expect an NFL total to land, say a 37 or a 41, would be about four and a half percent. So, yes, the 41 and the 37 are key, both of those. But you know what? 38, 39, 40 are not key numbers, nor is 42. The bottom line is you're picking up six extra points. So let's assume you're gonna you're about to bet, I'll say over uh, 50 and a half, and you think that's a 52% bet. Like, mm, let me tease it to over 44 and a half. Well, the only way that the teaser is good is you've got to have a 76% chance now. That's the way the math works out to win that teaser, which means there has to be a 24% chance that it lands 45 to 50, and that just is not the case. Teams totals don't land almost a quarter of the time on a six-point corridor. And, you know, we just had a Super Bowl where the sides and the totals did land in that corridor. If you tease the Super Bowl, you won. Didn't matter. Over, under, Rams, Bengals. So it becomes easy to think, oh, this is this is so simple. But people forget, well, look at last year's Super Bowl. Uh, game goes under by a zillion. And Tampa Bay, the underdog, wins outright. So um, it's just the, the totals are too variable. They can be too extreme. It is never right to tease a total. Uh, let's get to one more, Steve. And this is from Bob in Boise, Idaho. Steve, I know you're not a bookmaker, but can you please explain to the listeners why sometimes with a point spread, there are different vigs for each team? For example, the Rams are minus three and a half with a vig of even, while the Niners are plus three and a half with a vig of minus 125. Why don't they just move the line to Rams minus three with a vig of minus 110 for each team? Thanks, Bob and Boy. Boy, I think I know this, Steve. Can I try this one? Let's do it. Yes. Because it doesn't reach their threshold for switching the line. Like, the when they change the VIG, that's almost like them going from, let's say the Rams are getting, or Rams are minus three. So Niners are plus three, right? If they change the VIG, it's like making the Niners plus 3.2 or plus 3.3 or 3.4. They don't want it to be plus three and a half. So changing the VIG is their way of kind of acknowledging that, well, this is probably the right side to be on, and we think the actual line should be between three and three and a half, but there's no there's no way to have that as the line, so they just adjust it with the VIG. 
Yeah, let me. And, and the only time a bookmaker should ever do this is on the NFL three. Every other game, it's not profitable to lay three and take three and a half. All right, but in the NFL, it's uh, that that's a break-even wager. If you were laying minus a dollar ten, you lay three and took three and a half, you'd break even. So you you nailed it. When the line's three and a quarter, and you're a sports book, you make it three and a half. Oh, guy bets a million dollars plus three and a half. Maybe bet your limit. You move it to three, then Ross Tucker lays three for fifty thousand. You move it to three and a half. Someone else comes in and bets thirty thousand plus three and a half. You get the idea. If it lands three, you're going to get murdered because all the minus threes are going to push and all the plus three and a halves are going to win. So a bookmaker to protect themselves, especially on a big volume game, is usually just going to deal, like you said, three and a quarter, and they're going to make it minus three, lay a dollar twenty, and be done with it, or plus three and a half, lay a dollar twenty. Now, having said that. This technique is employed by way too many bookmakers. You know, Robert Walker is well-respected in this town, but the pros that I know, he's retired, so I can throw him under the bus now. The pros I know thought that he was just ridiculous. When he was the head of the MGM, a guy would bet a college basketball total over 140, and he would move it to over 140, lay $1.25. He wouldn't move the number, he'd just move the VIG. And all it did was confuse the heck out of all the squares and the recreational bettors. What do you mean a guy lay minus $1.25? And there's never a reason to do it except for on the three and the three and a half. And in fact, the South Point, I think they do this right. They Even on the three and the three and a half, they never do it. Every single side in total, it's lay a dollar ten on each side. The South Point should get accolades for that technique that no one else employs. Wow. Interesting. Really interesting. Good question. Um, check him out on social media. This guy knows things. At Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. All of our shows at Ross Tucker Pod, and you can always watch. It looks good on the big screen. Steve looks great on the big screen. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We are going nowhere. Every week, different guests, more questions, and, of course, starting to look at season win totals, futures. NFL draft is amazing for us. There's a lot that we will get into. You should go nowhere. Keep listening or watching. It's less than 30 minutes a week. I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 